Hello and welcome to the My Ocean Life podcast. I'm Nicola Gribbin, CEO, co-founder of My Ocean Life, a new free online network dedicated to all seafarers worldwide. If you'd like to join, simply visit myoceanlife.com. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how seafarers can harness their creativity and innovation. As today's guests point out, but on that vessel, I witnessed so much filmmaking, programming, uh, gaming, also baking, poetry. <laughs> and my second guest takes innovation and creativity to a whole new level. And we're currently building up virtual reality metaverse. But more of that later in the show. First, I would like to introduce you to my guests. Olivia Swift, Olivia's Senior Program Manager at Lloyd's Register Foundation. Lloyd's Register Foundation is a global charity with a mission to engineer a safer world, especially in the oceans. Olivia is a maritime anthropologist by background and has conducted research on board ship, in ports and amongst the seafaring communities in the Philippines. Welcome. Thank you. I'm also delighted to introduce to you Efrem Junior de la Serna, CEO of Seaversity. Efrem began his career as a marine engineer and Seaversity, his company, is a tech enabler that focuses on education and training systems with a goal to enhance the equality of maritime education and training with the use of futuristic technology. It's great to have you with us, Efrem. Thank you, Nicola. Hi, Olivia. <laughs> so I thought we could begin by you both telling us a little bit about how you first met. So. I can't actually remember what year it was. I'm thinking 2007. I was conducting a little bit of research for about three weeks on a, uh, a ship, a car carrier, that was um, in European waters at that time. It was an all Filipino crew. I'd just come from uh, spending almost a couple of years in the Philippines doing uh, research as well. And um, Ephraim was one of the junior officers, I believe, at that, at that point in his career. So I was together with Olivia. Um, I think, yeah, that's 2007. The vessel was named Herg Trader. I was uh, I was still a ratings at the time, Olivia, and we were going to be junior officers on the next year on that one. So we were training cadets. I was on my way up on becoming a junior officer. And it's really lovely to have Olivia on board because everybody was like very pleasing and everything, you know, so because it's a all-man crew with a beautiful Olivia on board whole trader so it's gonna be it's it it just rocked the boat you know <laughs> and Olivia you were saying how much creativity you saw on board yes absolutely I mean it was the most fantastic experience the crew were were so welcoming and accommodating you know very busy but they were always happy to make time to uh, share insights and explain what they were doing with me some of them were related to family I'd been staying with in the Philippines so there was that lovely link but yes, in terms of creativity, that's something I particularly remember from this voyage. And I don't think it's something that we hear talked about very much in shipping circles. But on that vessel, I witnessed so much filmmaking, programming, uh, gaming, um, also baking, poetry, <laughs> jewellery making. I remember there was a forget who it was but there was somebody who'd collected spare change from one of the times ashore and didn't need it and melted it down into a pendant and was doing some jewellery in that regard which you know it's amazing and this is something you just don't hear about so a real spectrum there 
And it just showed that creativity and innovation comes to the surface in all aspects of life and we perhaps don't anticipate it or recognise how valuable it is. And Efren, you took seafarer creativity and innovation to a whole new level when you founded Seaversity. Tell us more about how you went on that journey from being on board ship to now being the CEO of your own company. Yeah, um, I was uh, studying for the Norwegian Ship Owners Association. We were a sponsored cadetship program from Norway to develop maritime professionals. So my first line of choice was really into IT. My first priority was information technology, everything about technology. So when I was on board, I was the editor, I was the photographer. Olivia knows that very much. So after hours, I was studying Adobe Photoshop, any form of After Effects. So I was really into 3D and everything. So for me, it's, it's one of my best experiences in the world really when when you have a vision for information technology and i did not even think that i'm gonna be a ceo because of this vision but definitely when when we were on board we were taking lots of pictures editing doing it again to create it into a certain perfection but um, after a few years of sailing i went into education and i fell in love with education i was going on top really on on hercules services going into uh, positions for superintendent, technical supervisor, but and one of my superintendents was telling me, what are you doing with your life? Why are you not continuing with this type of profession? You were bound to become like um, somebody in the maritime industry. I fell in love with education and technology. So it was when I was teaching and I can translate the things that are on board. I can't explain how this really looks like. How can I traverse visualization? So no amount of school can really teach you how to be how to become a seafarer so based on studies even in the philippines like the output of the maritime sector is first they tell us like only eight, 20 percent is being taught in school but the actual reality is on board so my key goal really was and i was teaching at university of cebu which i'm very thankful for my school because they was really the one who, who sponsored us is that i really wanted to create a virtual world where I can teach uh, so that they can really feel and to prevent these visual shocks coming in. So it was a spark when we were together with Olivia, like we were doing lots of things because she was there for another concept. And even my chief engineer was telling me I should proceed on tech. So that's what I'm here now. I'm teaching tech, like, but it takes a lot of time really to, to absorb it. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about Seaversity and some of the different training that you offer and how that's impacting the Philippines and, and globally in terms of maritime education. Yeah, um, the first thing that we really visualized is we teamed up with the Philippine Merchant Marines Academy. They are one of the premier schools here in the Philippines and the Maritime Academy of the Asia and Pacific. We started there. Then we showed it to Admiral Santos and Commodore Joel Abutal that this is the way forward regarding Industrial 4.0 because the inspiration that we really got is when I was in teaching, but when we conducted further studies, there was already a study regarding virtual reality in the maritime by Daniel Fisher and Peter Murhead, the IMO. They were teachers in the World Maritime University. So we were looking to these books and everything. And it was there that we found out that there was a convention in IMO pushing for virtual reality. And this was pre-pandemic. I was working with different companies and I was even told, you're so futuristic, you're an experimentalist. And I said, I'll just hold my grounds. And eight years after, because I really believe that 
I would like to thank these people who told me this one before, who who were telling me like it will never happen. E-learning is just not for the Philippines. Virtual reality is not for the Philippines. So, what we really did is just push and push, and until we break ground. So, PMMA and Maritime Academy in Asian Pacific was really the one who supported the first few projects. We started with 2,000 US dollar project just to start it up. Then. It grew and grew. Now we have projects ranging from the whole vessel trainings that are not included in simulators like the crane simu- shipboard crane simulators, because no one in the world currently is doing as well. Virtual walkthroughs for the navy. So currently we have 10 schools who are really working with us. So we combine learning management system, virtual reality, augmented reality. So pre-pandemic we were only seven. When currently we're almost like a hundred now. That's incredible growth. It's really quite a jump. The problem, really, that I'm wanted to tell the world also is that it's so hard to sell in the Philippines when you're a Filipino, because we are still on an imperialistic stage. We don't eat our own chocolates, really. Olivia knows that very well. We love Toblerone, but if you <laughs> if you sell a product in the Philippines, it will take you somewhere that you have to go distant miles just to sell it. But definitely. PMMA was there supporting us. We rolled and rolled until we got the Navy. We got the Department of Science and Technology coming up for the non-maritime sector. We created virtual laboratory for kids, but we wanted them to really see the vessel before even going into the vessel. So that's a big help. The more we create these types of immersive technologies, we believe that competencies for Filipino seafarers is gonna kickstart and jumpstart the whole program. So. What we really need is to ask Filipinos or our own Filipinos just to support and believe that there's always something around willing to help these competency programs because that's the way forward. The new generation seafarers are very visual learners. They don't want to read books, but they wanted it in Iron Man modes, Tony Stark mode. So I'm a believer of Tony Stark, even though it's really a movie. It was like eight years ago. 2007, Olivia and I, we were already working on how to make those videos in a break-up engineering system. So I'm really happy that it's coming alive. So I, I think that's it. Fantastic. What advice yeah. would you give um, new seafarers starting out in their careers? Yeah. Um, first thing is always believe in yourself. It's never always about seafaring. The Filipinos is a seafaring nation, but if you have different interests or skills. Try to hop on it because you work only from eight to five on board on sea travel. Try to look for your inner strengths. Like for example, in IT, if you love sewing, if you love any form of it, where you can create business when you go home. One of the key problems of being a seafarer is you have your money on board when you go home. It will be just with a flick of a finger, it's gonna be gone. So you will be back on a ship. So try to invest on time on creating more knowledge. Um, study on board. As well, because always remember when when you're a seafarer, one health problem can change your life, yes. and 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 that's gonna hurt you a lot, because you've been used to a lifestyle that is on the middle class. But once it all breaks down, I've seen a lot of people in the Philippines, and and Olivia knows that study very well. I just wanted to share my idea that becoming a tech entrepreneur can also become you, not only for shipping but If you can't go on board, at least be on a level where you can also help fellow seafarers on a simulated or on a virtual world on a shipping. So that's what we are really hoping for. Wow, oh, great, Olivia. Have you got any final thoughts on uh, on that same question? Yeah. Well, 
I don't think I'm best placed to advise seafarers, but I mean, I would absolutely second everything Ephraim said. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of athletes and, and that sort of sense of not putting all your eggs in one basket, as we say in English. More generally, though, as Ephraim's talking, I'm thinking of all the discourse at the moment around um, as the industry decarbonizes, what skills we'll need, what will happen to labor supply nations currently, particularly as automation eventually increases and so forth. And, you know, what we have here is an example of rising to that occasion. And in the case of the Philippines in particular, you know, what a fantastic thing is coming out of the Philippines now with Seaversity. And what a shame that Filipinos and others perhaps don't recognize this as much as they should, because the Philippines is absolutely currently a key labor supply nation, but it has so much more to offer as well. And that's just one nation. So it's a, it's a really great insight into where we're going. And I think there's probably a lot we could learn from this, from this example. And it's on a normal, more personal note, it's just been fantastic to reconnect with Ephraim um, from, you know, it's been quite a while and it's, yeah. it's lovely to see how things have developed. Fantastic. So for our listeners, if they want to do some of your training at Seaversity, how do they find your training courses, Ephraim? Yeah, actually, we're still building up. We're um, helping first with the uh, schools and we're currently building up virtual reality metaverse for, we're still working on that one metaverse, but Definitely a few months from now, it's going to be popping out with those metaverses. So let's just wait a while because metaverse has just, Facebook has just released it. So definitely it's going to be a different ball game where uh, Australian, Filipino or can work together in one ship on a virtual world. So that's what we're really looking at. And, and with a flick of a finger, you can, can change it. Olivia, I think you had a question for Efren. Thank you. Ephraim, the question I'd ask you as well is, how do you think we can harness more of the sort of innovation that you've demonstrated from seafarers? There's a lot of it out there. I'm absolutely sure of it. And some of the companies are very good at, at inviting that type of innovative, creative thinking from their crew. Others perhaps less so, but it's a challenge I've thought about quite a bit and I don't have the answers. You know, what sort of processes and structures might we consider to harness this? We can train with new seafarers. What I really well, look into. Well, I, I, my feeling is that, you know, the, the shipping industry faces such big challenges and there are seafarers working on ships who've got great ideas and solutions for how things work out day to day, how to fix things, how to make things better in the future. And, and that could be all sorts of things. It could be fixing a, a program that doesn't quite work as well as it should or, or something more visionary, perhaps, as in your yeah. case. How do people hear from people like you, essentially? Better? Yeah, uh, what I'm really looking about, Olivia, is always about foundation, how to create these foundations of learning. The Philippines really has a curriculum where it's fitted for maritime industry. Now, for example, with Lloyd's coming in, creating a research that can be injected in a curriculum that's based on international standards. It's like a course that can be developed because I always believe if you put people or train people to be critical minded or you create an eye opener program, it's never about teaching. It's all about motivating people. It's all about how to create more innovative ideas. In my, I was immersed so much on technology that I wanted it more. So probably if we create uh, something that's go directly to the foundation, because if you look at the curriculum in the Philippines, it's not that big of a tech. So if you put those tech and innovations on the curriculum of the Philippines or create courses, definitely you can pop out every possible seafarer who really believes in these technologies or even create more technologies. Because 
what we really need. Filipinos have brilliant minds, really. I, I can, for me, I, I, I really vouch for that. But you just need to help them, cradle them, and create more motivators. So if, if I'm a motivator for this really industry on maritime technology, it's really a great aspect for me. But definitely, if I'm a Filipino and I create this program, it will never go into that system yet. Because, you know, age is a very big factor here in the Philippines. And if a foreign entity comes in together with a Filipino, creates that this is what is doing in Europe, in the schools and everything, I think the, the commission will really accept that one. Because I'm sorry to say, I hope this is not in the books, Olivia, but it's so hard here in the Philippines when you are... I'm 39 years old and I wanted to push something. The diversity is not yet accredited by the Maritime Administration. They don't trust it yet. So that's why I'm pushing around, moving around, trying to convince every possible people to please support maritime education, a maritime technology developed by the Filipinos. Because the biggest validator in the world in the maritime pool is Filipinos. Imagine 17% of the officers are coming from the Philippines. And definitely, if we build our own thing and, and supported by the commission and everything, I think we can build our own. And, and that's very important for national security, um, visibility, and and moving forward in the Philippines. And I think what you also show there is just how cultural ideas about Filipinos or indeed um, other people, both within the Philippines and outside, influence what happens to the potential of innovative ideas and things. Yeah. And again, that's something that we're not as alert to as we perhaps should be. And imagine, Olivia, 97% of the startups here in the Philippines always fail. It's a good thing I was included in the 3% and Absolutely. I'm still struggling. <laughs> Sorry. But you are making amazing progress. Yeah. We're here to support you. Yeah, thank you. So, I, I, you know, as, as the university continues, um, please do, you know, use My Ocean Life as a platform to promote um, your courses. And um, when your metaverse is complete, we will uh, be, be helping you um, encourage our seafarers to, uh, to, to sign up because it sounds absolutely amazing. Any final last words from either of you? Yeah. Um, first, thank you, Nicola and Olivia. It's nice talking to you again, Olivia. Thank you, Nicola and Olivia, for, for everything that you have done. It's going to be a very big help, especially with Lloyd's and, and the platform itself. So my ocean life is, I, I've seen the platform. We wanted to contribute as much as possible, letting new seafarers understand how life is really on board. So we will try to share as much as possible what we can do, not only for Filipinos, but we have all, all over the world that are really looking into us as well. And, and we would like to thank every part of the journey in university, like MAA, PMMA, Navy, the Philippine Navy, the Maritime Industry Authority also as well, uh, IMO, and, and my very good friend, Captain Jay Jung Jang, the former, uh, the, the junior of the IMO Secretary General for really funding us to show the world that Filipinos can do it. And I think that's it. So thank you very much. Thank you. This brings us to the end of our My Ocean Life podcast today. I would like to thank my special guests, Olivia Swift and Efren Junior de la Serna. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the My Ocean Life podcast. Take care. If you'd like to join My Ocean Life, simply go to myoceanlife.com. Music credits, Ben Sound Adventure. <laughs>